Welcome to Red Sound Review today, as the same as the day before, and the day before, we are reviewing or talking about Halloween. Halloween's discography, by the way, because their new album, entitled Halloween, will be out in June 18th, and we are going to go through every album up till the album comes out. Today, we are on Pink Bubbles Go Ape, Lou's favorite album, or second favorite, I'm sorry, second favorite next to Chameleon. <laughs> what the fuck uh, does pink bubbles go eight mean anyway? oh god i meant to write you back the other day when you did ask me but i was busy and i meant to look it up because i do have it in the back of my mind i just can't think of it but i don't remember uh well it all began on a shockingly cold july night with vodka <laughs> and a bottle of mr bubble and Puffer <laughs> came around and I, I think it's like just like another way of saying like everything went to shit, kind of. It's a very odd terminology. Pink the tale pink. of a demented bread boffer. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Maybe we'll reveal that next episode. But um, God, I wish I could remember. But they have weird titles. Better than Raw is a weird title. Uh, Rabbit Don't Come Easy. That's a weird title. Yeah, Yeah, but that's all later on. This was the first one compared to... Compared to Keepers, yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell at this point in their career they were trying to take the piss out of stuff, but... uh... Oh, well, yeah. Look at the album cover's terrible. I first saw this... um, I went to a music store, and it was just sitting in in the thing, in the record... uh, record, Discount bin? No, no, it was the CD, and it was like 30-something dollars, and... you know, I, I didn't have a job. I was still in school. And I, and I said my to my mother, can you buy me the CD, if, at least for my birthday or something? And she's like, I'm not spending $30 on a CD. <laughs> so eventually I got her to break down and buy it for me. But um, it, I just see the cover. I'm like, how is this Halloween? Like, what does this sound like after those first two yeah, hours? Like, and, you know, because they had the um, the legal problems with noise records right. in between and hadn't released anything for a couple of years to just make that drastic of a change and then a ridiculous cover and name like that. I really think they hurt themselves there. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the, the guy on the back's got fucking um, uh, eggs on his eyes. You know, that's referencing a <laughs> I didn't even see record. That. I just yeah, can't it's, um, remember what pink, it is. It's pink. Oh, it's all the guy who did all the Pink Floyd stuff. That's oh, Strom Thurgood. Oh, right. Hypnosis. Hypnosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he did yeah. all the, the artwork and stuff in the album. Yeah, he didn't do just Pink Floyd. He also did UFO and Scorpions right. and countless other bands. Oh, I don't have any other pictures in here. I don't even know what. Oh, that's weird. I thought I had more stuff. Um, but yeah, he did the. They wanted the guy from Pink Floyd to do the album, so that's why all the. This is what fans were pissed off at. There's there's no pumpkins on here. The only pumpkin in here is like a, a real pumpkin, and it's actually not even on the record itself. I have it on the CD, but that's isn't it. there one it's, in it's the weird. logo still? No, they actually change it with a bubble. Huh. Wow. Let's see. Yeah, they put a bubble there. So also, Strom Thurgeson directed their videos for "I Want Out" and for "Kids of the Century." Uh right. yes he did and um, Kids of Centuries a very strange video, but it's a good song. It is That's a good, a good song. song. 
and it kicks off the album. I mean, Pink Bubbles Go Ape is, you know, just the intro, a uh, stupid intro, but kicks off the song Kids of a Century. Like you said, it's an awesome song. I love it. Uh, when I first heard that, I'm like, all right, I can deal with this. You know, the sound's a little different because uh, Kai Hansen's not in the band anymore. He left to go start Gamma Ray. And uh, Roland Grappow from the band uh, Rampage came in, and nobody knew who Rampage was. You know, that's pretty unknown. But uh, he came in, it changed up the sound a little bit. Uh, I, I know most of it's not you know his fault, but um, you can hear some of his influences. We'll get to the song that he wrote, the first song that he ever wrote for Halloween is on here. Uh, but like you said, uh, Lou, Kids of the Century is awesome. I love Back on the Streets. I think it's a really cool song. Number one is probably maybe my second or third favorite song on here. A lot of people hate it because it's kind of slow, but I think it's cool. It's got a I like the lyrics to it. Heavy Metal Hamsters, I hate that song. I've always hated it's because it. Because it has the word heavy metal in it. No, it's because it says hamsters. Yeah, the, I think they meant it as an insult to Noise Records. It was like their fuck you to their previous record label. Yeah. Or ripping them off, apparently. So. Yeah, but there are bonus tracks that could have took that place. You know, this, this could have been a B-side, you know. Well, uh, to their credit, though, Wayne, yeah. that I got to say. They got Chris Sangaridis to produce I was going to, yep, yep, yep. Oh, sorry. I, you're always jumping ahead, Lou. I, well, at least you know I'm paying attention. You are. And I'm glad you did some looking up on history and stuff like that. Yes, and of course, this is the same man who produced Painkiller by Judas Priest and uh, Domestic Booty by Anthem. Yeah, I finally remember the album title. <laughs> and, uh, you know, great production. Yeah. Uh, we'll say that. It was a well-produced record. But continue. And and he did the Anvil albums, and he did um, uh, Thin Lizzy. Anvil was not an accomplishment. <laughs> continue. Oh, God. I don't know why. I'm not an Anvil it. hater, so. No, I'm not either. Uh, because they're terrible. They're Canadian ACDC. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I know they're not that good, but, I mean, that's the same basic structure it follows. I mean, Lips is a cool guy, and he gets some cool guitar parts on a couple of the records. But for the most part, it's boring as hell. I'm sorry, Lips. He was on the show not too long ago. Uh... <laughs> Going Home is pretty cool. Someone's Crying is really cool. Probably my favorite song of this whole entire album is Mankind. I love that song. Very epic. Uh, some interesting uh, lyrics on this one too, because they writing about like environmental type things, which they didn't really do on the other album. So it's kind of weird about that, but it just it, it makes that song really cool. Uh, I'm doing fine, crazy man. I don't like, but the chance uh, that is Roland Grapphouse first song that he wrote with Halloween and huge Halloween favorite. And I wish they would play that live, but they just don't. And I would imagine because it's Roland Grapphouse song. And uh, your turn. Uh, I like it. A lot of people give that song shit because it's just a slow, shitty song, but I like it. I don't mind it. Lou, since uh, we had some discussions about Pink Bubbles Go Ape earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm glad I'm listening to them in sequence um, for the first time now. This way, uh, you know, it provides me some context from where they came from, where they went, and where they're going now. So I have to say, by this point, oh, I um, <laughs> I did not enjoy this album that much. I was trying to be open-minded about it, you know? Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? Their new album's coming out June 18th. I want to help build momentum for them, you know? It'd be great if they could finally crack the Billboard 200, but if they don't, so what? 
it's, I'm sure it's going to be a great album. But with this one, you know, with Grapau taking over the reins from Hanson, um, and I think he's a phenomenal guitar player, very talented, but you could definitely tell that some of the edge from Halloween is gone mm. with Hanson not in the band, and that's unfortunately very visible on this record. Um, I mean, for a lot of the songs, I said that they were okay at best, um heavy metal hamsters i felt like they were completely losing the plot but the lead break was very good you know going home i felt like it was getting better and go marcus on the slap bass by the way that impressed me um mankind great melody i agree the band i agree that any band has to evolve but i said not this way uh and um you know, I'm doing fine, crazy man. Great playing ability and good singing do not make for good songs. That mm-hmm. song is proof. That song's terrible. And, um, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. And, you know, Greg was uh, joking before shit and lobster. I said, great melodies, but dear God, these lyrics. But then, you know, the song that uh, I I read as hamburger walkways. What's that called? <laughs> hamburger Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Now those are, those are the bonus tracks, but yeah. now now this song I could roll with. Why didn't why didn't they do that this for this album? I felt I would have been happier. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, don't know. You have some hidden gems on this record, but as a whole, it doesn't hold up to Walls of Jericho or the Keepers records. Yeah. And I think a lot of it falls on Chris Sangerides. I I feel like every time he, he works with a band after they've done like good albums, he kind of like changes the band a little bit and doesn't make such great albums with those bands. I no, he's a, he's a very Hill. flat, melodic, clean producer. I honestly find his production jobs very boring the majority yes. of the time. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I, I like painkillers loud, you can hear it real good, but did he do anything special? Not really. No, no. I, I just, yeah. I, I, I just sometimes, I, when I, when I go back to albums that he has done, I, I tend to like them a little bit better after I get into it a little bit more. But like seeing what Halloween went from with um, Tommy Hansen re- producing all their stuff and then going to Chris Angeridis, and um, I think they wanted somebody else, but they got, end up getting stuck with him. Um, it just it just didn't work, you know, and, and I'm glad they did not use them for the next album because I, I could imagine what the hell Chameleon would have been even worse. Am I know? the only one who thinks Sangaridis had good production work? Probably. No, there's a ton of people out there who agree with you. People praise him. I, I don't get it. I, uh, I just don't. Get I, it. I I just think he has a very flat, boring feel to what he does. I mean, it sounds okay, but it's it's mediocre to me. Like yeah, Wayne saying, yeah. yeah, to each their own. You know, I mean, I I respect that, but uh, I I liked it. I mean, some people insult Bob Rock, and I say if you're mm-hmm. going to insult them, listen to Sonic Temple by the Cult. Great production on that record. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just and and Painkiller is one of my top five Priest records. So I don't know. I mean, again, I thought where the songwriting fell flat. I thought the production held up well on this record, but. You know, I mean, it's just an opinion, you know. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong. Apparently I am. There, there is no wrong. There, there is no right or wrong here, Lou. 
just, just oh, this, I'm this in a safe between. space. Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, this, <laughs> you're safe here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank this you. is just well, a discuss- <laughs> discussion. It's your own responsibility to make sure you're not triggered. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But Greg, oh, I can't wait to see the comments on this one. <laughs> no, nah, like, Greg it. hates dead people. When did he say that? <laughs> uh, Greg, your uh, take on Pink Bubbles Go Ape. Well, it um, I haven't listened to this since the last time we talked about it. And honestly, since I really don't like it all that much. Um, I actually, I remember you giving like a pretty good uh, review of it last time. We yeah, did. it's 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 hard to recall exactly. But um, so it's a real drastic change from what they were doing. But as far as the left turn they were trying to take, they really did go about it in the right way. And I remember the songs are pretty well written, actually. And his production really felt with, really went with what they were aiming for, for the most part, I feel like. It's just the songs aren't really all that memorable. And then the humor they throw in there is just a little too offbeat and doesn't really fit with the rest of the songs. But um, a pretty decent record overall. Just yeah. not one of my favorites. Um, they they, <clears throat> they make a few major missteps here that make it uh, that prevent it from flowing the way their past albums have. Mm-hmm. But um, still a good effort. It's a solid record. I mean, I feel like they kind of wanted to make their physical graffiti with this, and they right. didn't quite accomplish that, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's terrible. And like you said at the beginning, they were going through so much shit with the record label, and then uh, Kai Hansen left. So, you know, I, I can see why the album came out the way it did, and, you know, with the people involved too. Um, but, it it is still a decent album. I don't think it's terrible. I, I wish it didn't come after uh, Keepers One and Two because it's just kind of out of place and too drastic, like you said before, for it to come after those two epic albums. But yeah, no, I feel it it fits very nicely in like the middle, right? So yeah. to speak, if I were to rank them, it's just not their strongest effort. And yeah, it's mostly because you're right because of what it follows. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think they were trying to like fill some kind of? Um, do you think they're trying to like you know crack some kind of like commercial you know thing with this? Do you think they were just trying to break into the mainstream with this because it just feels like too out of left field, you know, with like a lot of the humorous elements that they try to bring into it? Maybe a little too uh, because it was released in what ninety one. 91, so, yeah. Around then, too, you got the grunge shit is starting to come in a little bit, too, you know? Okay, well, so, not only that, you had the Black Album out at the time, you had Empire out at the time. Right, and... yeah. But music was changing as well, so... Uh, yeah, drastically. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you got all those things coming in, you know, while you're making an album, and it's just, like, people are out of the, kind of, like, out of the power metal thing at that point, you know? So, I, I can see where the confusion is. I, I whether they wanted to go commercial or not, I mean, I don't know. I thought they were kind of commercial with those other albums a little bit. Oh, uh, definitely on Keepers. But I 
I don't really feel this one's about, you know, well, I mean, you always want to sell records, but I don't feel like they were going for a more commercial sound on this, just trying to be more daring with their influences and what they did with their own music. Mm. Yeah. So, Lou, I'm sorry that you didn't like this one. Don't be. I'm sure I'll like future releases. <laughs> but I'm tell- I, mean- I promise you, after Chameleon... It starts to get better. Oh, and then before <laughs> this, there is the live in the UK. I want yes. out live EP. And I should have started a, with that, yeah. which is a great EP that uh, showcases how great of a live band they were then, and they still are today, especially with the Pumpkins United lineup. But um, and they also did that best the rest and the rare compilation in yep. between, which. I can't remember what it was originally on, but I love that song, Living Ain't No Crime, even though it's cheesy as shit. <laughs> uh, I think that was on the Dr. Steen. Oh, no. Maybe it was on the I Want Out uh, single. I don't remember. It was on one of those singles. But uh, that 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 uh, live EP, probably one of my favorite all-time. I think we even did a show on, on our favorite live EPs uh, or live albums, and that was one of my picks. Because it is. Yep. It, just, it sounds awesome. And there's a whole show. They have a whole show of it. Uh, I see it sold on eBay all the time. But uh, apparently... Wasn't it in- included as a bonus on one of the Keepers things they did? No, I don't think so. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. The only bonus thing they did was they added Rise and Fall on the um, like the Japanese version or whatever. Oh, I thought they had done like a three-disc thing that had both albums and like a live show on it or something like that. Oh, no, no, no. I wish they did. But they, apparently they don't want to release the rest of these songs because there was uh, some kind of things with, like, the mics on the drums. They didn't get, like, all the double bass and stuff like that. So the sound wasn't, like, really there. Oh, okay. So, at some point, though, I, if I can find it, if somebody ever throws it back up on eBay again, I do want to buy that uh, that that other version with the whole show just to see what it sounds like, you know? Yeah. Because it's such a great show. And then, like I said earlier, that's one of my favorite versions of How Many Tears is that, that on that album, that live version. It's just, it's awesome. Awesome. It's just yeah. great. You got to hear it, Lou. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'm, I, I forgot to send it to you. Ah, no worries. But uh, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. All right. But I mean, Pink Bubbles, I don't know. I Walls of Jericho gets a 10. Keepers as a whole gets a, you know, gets a 10. In all fairness, I, I would for experimentation, which I give him credit on, I'll give it a seven. Yeah, that's a fair number. I, I'll give you that number. I'll let you have that number. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, don't start with Pink Bubbles Go Ape if you have. No. Please don't. Do not start with Pink Bubbles Go Ape, and don't start with Metal Jukebox either. Please start with the uh, you know Keepers One or Two, or don't even start Keepers. with Wolf of Jericho. Honestly. And if if you if you know if you need another recommendation other than Pink Bubbles Go Ape, I recommend Queef Huffer. Don't oh, no, get Queef Huffer. Right, that's um, still the funniest band name I ever heard. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, if you wanted to start out with Halloween, I feel like the best representations would be the Keepers albums, or if you wanted to do Darius era, better than Raw. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Good idea. Or Master of the Rings. I that's I have to revisit that when we talk about it. I have not mm-hmm. heard that album in a very long time. 
Yeah. Actually, we did do that on the show, but you did not come on that show either. So Who are you on that show with? Saxon and uh, another friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, I think March, Mark Muchnick was on that show. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Mark. Yeah. But, again, go check out Halloween. Give a uh, listen to the Pink Bubbles Great, but it's not on Spotify or any kind of streaming service for some reason. I don't know. A lot it's of their probably on YouTube. It is definitely on YouTube. So it is on YouTube, and you'll probably have chance have a, have a good shot of finding it on eBay from somebody in Russia. Oh yeah, it's it's all over Russia. Russia has everything. <laughs> well, yeah, because they bootleg everything. Everything. Well, you know, they look like good bootlegs, and they sound good. So, speaking of that, I'm still waiting for my Pantera bootlegs. Oh, you got hey, yours? Hey, I are so, the same ones, yeah. Some of them may sound good, and they might be really nice reproductions of the originals, but they should be fucking ashamed of themselves for making replicas of albums and charging the same prices for them. Or more. In some cases. Mm, yeah. I don't think I paid more than 40 for all four, including shipping and handling. I even think that might be uh, more than what I paid for it. I think it was like, no, it was like 35 for all four. Well, whatever. I'm not arguing the person you're talking, you bought from specifically, but <laughs> overall, as someone that sells records and shit, trust me, it's reality. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lou, what's your website? Musicislifepodcast.com. And as always, I'm spreading the good word of ratsireview.com wherever I go to. Oh, very good. I'm glad to hear that. We're Pumpkins United. That's right. And I'm also spreading the good word of a very good band that I know uh, with their debut album, False Reality, Project Resurrect, projectresurrect.bandcamp.com. And we will see you guys tomorrow with Lou's second favorite Halloween album, Chameleon. That's it. I want out. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Thank you. I'll give it. (laughs) I got him now and then. (laughs) All right. See you tomorrow. Bye. Cheers. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, look no further than the Rat's Eye Review Network. Rat's Eye Review is taking over the podcast world with plenty of shows to choose from within their network of entertaining programming, including the flagship show Rat's Eye Review with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and Lou Mavs, as well as occasional co-hosts Manny Mejias and James Loquist. We also have the official Rat's Eye Review spinoffs, such as Album vs. Album, Screams from the Grave, where we discuss beloved yet forgotten hard rock and metal albums of the past, and the King Diamond podcast called This Broadcast Belongs to Them. We've also got Old Man Metal's Musings, The Right Opinion with Harrison Bergeron, Beyond Bushido, a podcast dedicated to pro wrestling and MMA with James Elquist and Eric Adams. No relation to the guy from Manowar or the mayor of New York City. The Vieira Vault with Ralph Vieira. Schnackamagab! up to you too, Ralph. The Timo Toki podcast featuring Stradivarius and Avalon founding member Timo Toki. The BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry. Just the cheese, please. 
a podcast dedicated to cheesy films of the 1980s with Tara J and Adam. The Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. And the Music is Live podcast with Lou Mavs. The Ratsal Review Network is your go-to one-stop shop for the best podcasts out there today. Go to RatsalReview.com for more info. And to find out where you can find, follow, subscribe, and comment on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and all streaming platforms. The Ratsal Review Network. We're, We're taking, taking over. over.